the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Technical difficulties there, none, no big deal. Uh, like the man said, this is Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. If you'd like to give us a call, 216-901-0921. I'm sorry, 0945. That was a really old phone number. Um, 216-901-0945. And I will get clear of my head here for just a second. There's a lot of things going on here at the station. But um, anyway. So we were just talking about, in my office, about the uh, number of people that are calling in. Everybody seems to be really concerned about stock markets, and rightly so. It's You know, this is a 20% decline. It uh, happens typically on average every uh, four to five years. It's been, I don't think it's been four years yet since the last one, but n- not unusual. You know, this is really not unusual. With everything that's going on in the world, I'm actually surprised that the market's held in as well as it has. And uh, it's not time to panic, not time to, to abandon your strategy, and which is one of the points I really want to kind of drive home uh, today is that you want to go back and review your strategy and make sure you're sticking to it unless there's some uh, out-of-the-ordinary need to change you should have already been planning for this. And you know, I'm, I'm sure that I could grow my practice significantly faster than I, than I do if I were to ignore the market declines and not really talk about it that much with clients and on my radio show. But those of you that know me know that I don't do anything the easy way. And I'm 
going to talk about it. Why? Because you're going to have to face it. Just like this time. And this is not, to me, it's nothing out of the ordinary. Like I said, I, I'm surprised that the market's been as resilient as it has been when you think about all the things that, all the challenges that it's facing right now. Rising interest rates, r- double digit, well, not double digit, but rising inflation. It might get double digit. You never know. It was double digit back in the 70s, in, um, right when I was in middle school. And, uh, and I remember people talking about it. I remember real estate prices going through the roof. Very difficult to uh, forecast what your house was going to cost if you were building houses. My, my dad was building houses back then. He was a, a carpenter. We were doing all the construction work, the uh, carpentry work, and uh, subcontractor, actually. And we're talking to the building contractors, and they were talking about how fast the prices of lumber were going up. Sound familiar? So I guess it, it pays not to uh, it pays to have more than one rodeo under your belt. <laughs> I've I've had multiple, and it quite frankly, like I said, I I think the market's doing re- reasonably well, given all the things that are are going on. You know, you get we're just finishing up the pandemic. It's not even done yet. You you got to almost World War III going on. That's mind-boggling in and of itself. And, uh, you know, it's I'm really just surprised the market's not down more than this. I really am. And so I thought I would take a little bit of time this morning just to kind of talk about what's going to happen in the future, uh, what typically happens when you have these types of situations. Once markets do calm down, once they do reset, once the War in this is going to be, it's going to be settled sooner or later. It'll be settled. Just knowing when is completely impossible. But when it does, people are still going to need to drive cars, wear clothes, eat food, living housing. And they're going to have to go to the doctor. And they're going to take medications. So all the things that they, they've been doing all these years, since we've been keeping records on, and even before that on civilization, People are still going to live, and it's really get the, the a lot of the things that have happened because of the pandemic, because of the uh, war that's going on in Europe right now. There have been an, an awful lot of companies that have innovated and brought out new products. You're not hearing a lot about that on on mainstream media, but there are, are a ton of developments that have been green lighted, and the recent R and D accelerates during periods like this research and development accelerates and it's accelerating on multiple fronts yes there's going to be some higher inflation yes there's going to be uh, a lot of volatility in financial markets interest rates you know the fed seems to be pointing to continuing to raise interest rates and how do you take advantage of that well they're couple different things. How do you avoid the volatility? The volatility in the stock market. If you're going to invest in stocks, you can't really avoid the volatility. You can do some other things we'll talk about a little bit later in today's show. Basically, a fixed indexed annuity. It invests in an index. You have various choices. And you'll get the higher the two. There's a There's a fixed rate. And then there's an indexed return. And you get the higher of the two. That's actually my favorite product. And especially now, given the fact that 
markets are, are extremely volatile. You don't see the values of those portfolios dropping like you do uh, other indexes like the S&P 500. Nowhere near as, as far down. And you, you still be, are able to fall back on the fixed portion. And I have uh, gotten some people out there that were saying, hey, why do you keep talking about that? Those things are super expensive. No, they're super expensive to you. They're not super expensive to everybody. Trying to get a guaranteed income of above 5% today, very difficult. Maybe in two, three years from now, maybe it's not going to be as difficult. And, And you know what? We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But most people on their stock investments, and this is where I've had several people writing in saying, you know, the stock market's got much better returns in the long run. Why do you keep talking about the nudies? Well, first of all, not everybody's in the same situation that you are. You're probably a lot more sophisticated, probably a lot younger than the average person that that's, wants these and wants the guarantees. And so that, that's the thing. You want to be in stocks. And you, you are willing to accept the fact that you could be down 50% or more. And, I, and when you say that, when I say that, people go, oh, that's hard, that hardly ever happens. Well, how many times does it have to happen? How many times do you have to go into a 50% drop and still you know, not feel bad, try to get yourself not to feel bad, <laughs> at least temporarily, when half of all your stuff is gone? Okay, so not, not everybody wants to do that. Not everybody wants to or can even afford to take that kind of risk. There's a risk that you're taking now. There's the risk that you should be taking. And then there's the risk that you'd like to be able to take. And uh, that the risk that most people would like to be able to take is very little risk and get very high returns for it. I've, I've got a chart that I will send to anybody that requests it. If you go to my website, I'm going to send you this chart. And it shows how uh, the stock market's performed over the past five years. And when I say the stock market, I'm actually saying the S&P 500, which is not the stock market, by the way. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. But it's what most people relate to as a stock market. So if you take the last five years, you draw a line from one end to the other end. It looks pretty good. The line's pretty steep. The returns have been excellent over that time period. And I'm drawing that line over the past five years. And, and then I'm, I'm drawing it over a chart of the S&P 500. The line is what people want. They want that nice, smooth sailing, big returns. Uh, what they're going to get is the actual price movement of the S&P 500, which is on the chart. And you can see that it's going up and down. That's how it's achieved. And uh, so anyway, if you'd like to see a copy of that, I'll email it to you. Just go to my website and tell me you want to see that S&P 500 chart that I was talking about on the radio show. And I'll send it right out to you. It's just a... Uh, um, a word document. I cut and pasted it. <laughs> so uh, pretty good. And, and I always like to go back and review. And th- this is basically how I've been able to, um, I don't know, kind of assuage myself because I'm human too. Although some people don't believe that. I, I promise you. Uh, I am human. And I see the fluctuation. And I like to go back and I like to review the last time this has happened, because there's nothing that's only happened once in the stock market. It repeats. The cycles repeat. They're not exactly the same size. It doesn't take exactly the same length of time to recover. But you can see uh, 
that it always, it always has. And unless they forget that they have the ability to print money in this country, it, it probably always will. And I say probably because, you know, Japan's still waiting to get back to where they were in 1988. Horse of a different color completely. But, yeah, anyway, and actually some of the uh, Japanese investment management companies have managed to earn pretty decent returns despite the fact that they've had low interest rates in a market that's still down significantly from where it was in 1988. You know, how are they doing that? <laughs> I, I know how they're doing it. It takes too long to explain here. But that's my point. You've got choices out there. You know, stocks are still, I, I would not give up on stocks. There's no way. I'm still 75%. Uh, actually, it's probably closer to 80% in individual stocks in my portfolio. Am I happy about what's going on? No, I'm not happy about it. Yeah, but I'm not upset either because I knew that the potential for this type of decline was was here. And, uh, and again, if you're just tuning into the show for the first time, you know, it, this is going to be new to you if you're, some of my listeners that have been with me for a long time, uh, you know, I'm preaching to the choir. Now that I hear the music, that means I got to take a real quick commercial break. I can't believe how fast that 15 minutes went. This is Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned because I'll be right back. It's the sound of the Hey, this is Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Um, by the way, you can find a copy of this um, radio show. It's on a podcast, and uh, just Google it, actually. I think it's uh, carried on multiple podcast platforms. So if you like it then uh, and you hear something that you wanted more information on, you can always go back and find it again there, and then uh, drop me a line. Bill at BullingtonCapital.com is my email address, or you could just go to BullingtonCapital.com and reach out on the contact us form. And, you know, we were kind of talking a little bit. Uh, I like to talk a little bit about the economy and how things are going. And I'm telling you what, if you look past the news regarding the war in Ukraine right now, and you get past uh, what's going on with you know, the uh, pandemic, those are two, by the way, those are two big catalysts, huge catalysts. Anybody who doesn't believe me is not old enough to remember what happened. And by the way, I wasn't born then, but my grandparents and my parents were all coming of age, like during the uh, uh, Depression and then World War II. So my parents of World War II, they were actually, my mom was born December 7th, 1941. Yeah. The day Pearl Harbor was bombed. 
Can you imagine? <laughs> you got a uh, you've got a child coming into this world. You, you get out of the uh, delivery room and you realize you know the, you read the headlines. That's got to be a little spooky. So uh, anyway, um, looking back at those time periods, looking at what happened, they uh, they actually started raising interest rates. You know, and, and the depression was largely uh, ended by World War II because of all the expenditures that had to be made. Once you spend money, once you put money into an economy, when it when it's been printed and circulated, it's kind of like electricity. It just collects and then dissipates, collects and then dissipates. But it's there. It's in the economy. That's one of the reasons you get inflation. They print up a lot of money and start circulating it. Procter & Gamble's not that dumb. Actually, they're, you know, they're going to raise prices prices if they think they can uh, and if their prices are going up and that's what's really happening here a lot of the uh, prices because the pandemic had slowed everything down they weren't able to produce as much uh, so they had to raise prices because their volumes were dropping and uh, they still have the, they have all that payroll to meet you know all the uh, advertising marketing expenses health insurance they have to pay for their employees which has been going up at two to three times the inflation rate for the past 30 years so anyway, bottom line is it's going to be more of the same and it'll change whenever it changes. You will not know ahead of time that it's going to change. Okay, that's one of the reasons that you got to go back to the basics when you're trying to figure out how to invest your money for retirement. And I'm going to tell you, it is a lot harder today than it's been. It's a lot harder than it was when your parents were coming home uh, from World War II if, if they served overseas. Uh, several of my relatives did. Uh, they've all passed away now but because that was an awfully long time ago. But what are you going to do then uh, to supplement your retirement? How much are you going to be able to save and put away and how much are you going to be able to earn on that so that you can rely on it? And those are really tough questions. Um, I think they were made easier back then, although interest rates are starting to creep up a little bit. And if you're if you've got bond funds and you should have bond funds or bonds directly or CDs um, that you can buy. Uh, I was going to talk about that today, too, how CDs are trading just like bonds through your brokers and treasuries are paying more than they have in a very long time. So I'm using those for a big portion of the fixed income. But and if I'm holding fixed income in a fund, I want to make sure that the average maturity on the bond in that fund is less than two years. Why? Because when interest rates go up, the 30-year bonds, the longer time period the bonds that you're holding have to maturity, the more that fund is going to drop by when interest rates go up. When you got a bond funds that are less than two years, they don't drop much because they're going to mature. They can just hang on to them. When you've got a bond that's 30 years out, let's say it's paying 3%, and a month from now, the new bonds are paying 3.5%. Nobody wants to buy your bond. So you're either going to have to probably wait for the full 30 years to, to get your all your money back. And if you do wait, and it's a treasury bond, then yeah, you'll get your original principal back. You only have to wait 30 years. Or you can sell it on the open market and probably get back substantially less than you paid for it. And the longer the maturity of the bonds, let's say you've got a, a 20 year versus a 30 year, the 20 year is not going to fluctuate as much as the 30 year will. Why? Because 30 year you're, you're committed for 10 extra years. Okay. 
The longer the time period, the more the bond's going to fluctuate. So when I'm saying that you should be holding bond funds that are only, that are two years or less, that's not a long time period, especially for bond funds. Those are the safer ones. Those are the ones that are probably not going to get hit as hard as the bond funds that are carrying the 30-year bonds. The reason they're carrying a 30-year bond is because they know that most people don't know that those long-term bonds are going to drop like a rock. They know that the average person just looks at the current yield and nothing else. And that's why they get beat. And they, they just keep taking that whooping over and over again. And it's very painful for me to watch. As, yeah, this, this, I got this bond. It's paying 4.5%. Really? Um, what's the maturity on that bond? Uh, what? What does that matter? <laughs> That's the normally the question I get. Why does that matter? Yeah, well, you're going to find out. And if you do know, that's great. The, uh, a lot easier to work with. That's one of the reasons, you know, and I, I put up a uh, situation here. Let's say somebody's going to turn 67 this year. They're going to qualify for Social Security, um, already enrolled in Medicare, more, most likely. And uh, they don't like paying the premium because they've got a, a plan that costs them close to $500 a month. Let's say it's 400 bucks a month. That's $4,800 a year. So if you were to go into one of the fixed index products, the one that I've talking about that makes all the stock investors mad every week that I spend time on that, too bad. Um, the, uh, you put $100,000 in there when you're 66, when you're 67 and eligible for full Social Security, you turn the income on because you have to wait 12 months to turn on the income. And you'll get almost exactly uh, $500 a month from 100000 bucks. Okay, that's almost 6%. It's 5956 Now, If you want a copy of what I just said, I will just hit me up on email and I'll send you a link. And you can go in and put in your own numbers. And you can do this. Uh, you can see what you would get based on what you're investing. Now, if you waited, it goes up. And that's one of the things I really like about this. If you wait to take the income, it goes up. So instead of being 5,956, which is 5.956%, almost that 6% number, the next year it goes up to 6,461. The year after that, it goes up to 6,980. The next year it goes up to 7,498. And each year that you delay, it goes up by an average of 7% over 10 years, and that's a guarantee. That's why I like that. There aren't... Any bonds out there that will do that. Now, this is not liquid like a bond is. A bond, you can sell it. There's no penalty. Most of the time, there's not even a, a commission that you see, by the way. Um, there's always a cost of doing everything. Uh, but it's so small on a bond now that it, it's just really small. They don't even have to report them. Uh, they're, they're not commissions, by the way. They call them spreads. It, that's a really long story. I don't want to get into that can of worms right now call me if you want to talk about that in detail but anyway it's very very difficult for bonds to be able to match the types of returns that they're going to match and for every year that you don't need to take it they're going to guarantee that it goes up by a rate that that's actually about the high as high as that i bond and i, I had somebody call about the i bonds and, and everybody's asking about that yeah well you can't put more than ten thousand dollars in it a year and it's great you have to go to the treasury. I've looked into buying I-bonds, and uh, they're okay. Uh, but when you buy them from a, a third party, 
Like when you buy them through your brokerage firm, those things have changed hands two or three times by the time your brokerage firm has it. So if you're buying an I-bond from a brokerage firm, there's a big chance you're going to pay a huge markup in that, and the yields are nowhere near the yields you can get by going directly to the treasury. Okay, So if that if you'd like to buy those, you got to go directly to the treasury. And again, they limit it to $10,000. So, uh, but it is a good interest rate. It's a great interest rate. But you got to go direct to the treasury to be able to get that interest rate. If you buy it through a third party, they, they have to put their spread on it or their markup, and you're not going to get that same rate. So, having said that, if you still have questions, feel free to email me, and I'll, I'd be glad to uh, try to answer them if I can. And if I can, I'll tell you that too. So the uh, um, not very often that, that that happens. It really depends on how busy I am and how much research it's going to take. And, uh, after you've been doing this as long as I have, there's nothing really new under the sun. They're just taking a couple of different components from existing bond strategies and they put them together and called it an I-bond, you know, called it something new. But it's basically a bond and it's got a couple... It, the way that they calculate the interest is different than a lot of other bonds. It reminds me of a floating rate. In, uh, but anyway, having said all that, I feel like I'm just uh, spinning my wheels here <laughs> on this subject. That's, it's not really, really going to make a ton of difference because, again, you're, you're limited to a very small amount that you could invest in. It's a small amount to me, and I don't $10,000 for a lot of people is a, a, a very large amount. And, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, to get a four or 5% increase in income on $10,000, you're talking about four or 500 bucks a year. That's not going to make a big difference in anybody's lifestyle. You're talking about 25 to $40 a month, depending on the bond you get and the rate that you get and the other rates that you have available to you. So 40 or 50 bucks a month, you know, that'll pay half a cell phone bill, I guess. Yeah. But that's okay. You know, if that's, you know, you want to spend an, that kind of time to do it, that's fine. You know, you should do that. Um, and just go go to Google, type in iBonds Treasury. It'll take you to Treasury Direct. You can set up an account there, and you can uh, get those bonds. So uh, anyway, um, yeah, I'd spend a tremendous amount of time. Look, it is complicated. I mean, it's really complicated. When I saw the $10,000 limit, I was like, oh, yeah, nah, sorry. You know, most of my clients have significantly more money that you're going to need more than that to be able to retire. I mean, think about it. I've talked about the 4% rule. That's a, a rule that was, you know, the finance, College for Financial Planning had been using for years and years and years. And uh, it refers to how much you should take out of your uh, investments so that you could do some financial planning. And 4% of whatever the amount you have saved, you shouldn't go above that. The reason they use 4% is because they're expecting you to raise that rate by the rate of inflation over time. And now that we've actually had a pretty good dose of inflation, the highest it's been you know, since I was in junior high um, 40 years ago, uh, now people are going, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, <laughs> maybe there's something. Yeah, there's no such thing as written in stone in financial markets. I mean, it's all subject to change. Okay. So, but anyway, use the 4% rule. How much money do you need to produce $40,000 or otherwise 3,500 bucks a month, roughly, you know, rounding it off a little bit, the, uh, in income, you need about 
a million dollars at 4% to generate $40,000 in income. That's the 4% rule. So people look at this, by the way, and this is where I lose half the listeners to every show. They go, what, that can't be possible. And it scares them so much that they stop listening. <laughs> so, you know, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. It, it's a, uh, you know, it's tough to generate enough cash to be able to not have to work is not insignificant. In fact, only one in 30 ever makes it to that level. One, I should say one in 30 people get to their retirement age and don't have to cut back on their lifestyle because of their, uh, because they've been diligent savers and investors. Okay. One in 30. Yeah, the other 29 are either cutting back on their lifestyle, continuing to work. A lot of them are doing both, um, or they're just not, you know, they're just not reaching their goals. And they have to cut way back, or like way, way, way back. So that's a, uh, that's what you don't really want to have to do at that age. Anyway, I hear the music. That means I got to take a real quick commercial break. This is Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned. Now I can't see past my pain Who builds a boat with no clouds? Right, so I was just talking about I-bonds, and we had somebody call in and wants to ask a question about it. I'll get to them really quickly, but if you'd like to call in today, the number is 216-901-0945. 216-901-0945. If you'd like to get in touch with me just to talk about your situation. Uh, my phone number is 330-664-0700, or you can go to my website, bullingtoncapital.com, and I'm going to go right to the phones now. And I got, is this Uncle Phil? This is the one and only Uncle Phil. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Good. Hey, Bill, um, I was looking at this I-bond situation. Yeah. It, I thought it was pretty funny. I looked, see when the program started, 1998, and if they would have just tied the minimum, well, the maximum investment of $10,000 right. to inflation, it would be an opportunity for a $17,000 purchase of a bond. A $17,000 purchase of the bond. How- yeah, like instead of 10000 right now. Oh, uh, so you were allowed to buy 17000 back then? No, you were allowed to buy ten. Okay. But if they, if they allotted that maximum and said, and we're going to move this to uh, inflation adjusted. You could buy them today for seven. You could invest seventeen thousand instead of just an easily ten. Oh, oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's pretty funny. In the meanwhile, I did go to their website and looked at things. Geez, I don't know who created their website. Oh, good night. Let me let me tell you it's something. Terrible. And I'm going to shame them right now. I opened an go account ahead. with Treasury Direct over ten years. I don't even remember how long ago it was. Yeah. And once I gave my money, I, I bought a, a a treasury bond short term, and I have never been able to access that account again. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you not? I, I gave my money. Do you have a thing on there? Can't you no, get in there and, like, it won't let me. And, and I've spent <laughs> at least forty hours, minimally, forty hours on hold, waiting oh for God. somebody to pick up the phone. Oh no! And every time yeah, I, it's terrible. Oh, when I get an hour, when I'm into it, an hour, inevitably something happens. I have to go and do something else. I can't just sit there. And uh, I have not been able. 
I have not been able to get my money back. That is oh, crazy. Man. I'm not surprised. It, it's a nightmare. That website's a nightmare. That's yeah. all I can tell you. It, it is. And I'm not dumb. I'm online stuff. Oh. I'm not, you know, can you, no, I, but yeah, it I can is watch for terrible. That. Right. And yeah. the <laughs> second thing I want to bounce off you, Bill, is more seriously, what do you think of the SHY um, bond fund? I, I think they're fine. The uh, yep. it's, okay. it's, it's run by BlackRock. And okay. it's it, they're very short term. Uh, they're treasuries, you know, and it's right. uh, they're short term. Um, it's even those are down a little bit, but not much. Mm-hmm. You know, not like a normal bond fund is down by right. The uh, gotcha. If you look over it over longer time periods, go back to it's trading around right around the same prices it trading at traded at in two thousand and nine. That's not reflecting the income. That's just right. the, the price. So gotcha. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's fine. It's probably disappointing people because it, it's been down as interest rates, short-term interest rates have going up. These react a little bit slower than a uh, regular uh, treasure that you would buy directly uh, mm-hmm. because they're held inside of a fund. And they're also, a lot of funds will buy these types of funds. They'll put the funds, you know, it's a fund of a fund. And uh, it, it has their the value, the net asset value of the fund, oftentimes it can stray from the actual value of the bonds and the bonds themselves. Um, you know, they, they'll go down based on current supply and demand, but you're talking about super short-term government debt here. I can't imagine that staying that way forever. Um, right, you know, right. so, but that, that's the one thing you have to be aware of when you're buying bonds in a fund, the price of the fund will get distorted it'll actually oftentimes it pulls away from the underlying true value of the assets in the fund okay so, i got you i understand yeah good i don't know if that's well, exactly hey, tomorrow what's wish me luck bill uh, tomorrow a cleveland half marathon oh well well so i'm i'm definitely going to wish you luck <laughs> that's the uh <laughs> this, this that's my, a long run i do one i do one uh every year i started in 2018 and I didn't die and didn't get too sick afterwards, and I finished enough uh, quickly off to get a medal. Wow. Holy cow. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah well, thanks. good luck on that. I know that's hard, man. What is, what is that, yeah, 13 miles? That. or? Yes. Wow. 13.1. Wow. <laughs> but oh. the weather's going to help. It's going to be in the 60s, dropping yeah. to the 50s oh, nice. during when I'm uh, walking. So I'm hoping to yeah. uh, not die, you know? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just don't die. That, that's a bad idea. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Good advice. Yeah. I'm under the investor. Yeah, yeah. good. All, All right. right, pal, I'll let you go. Okay, have a good weekend. Thanks. 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 Yeah, by the way, when they, when a net asset value, that's supposedly what the fund is, is worth based on the underlying instruments that it's invested in, that can fluctuate away from the actual share price. Now, it doesn't happen for very long time periods when you've got an exchange-traded fund. When you have a closed-end fund, that can happen, and it can stay apart for a, a fairly long time period. So there's a lot to know to this. I, I feel so bad because the, uh, ultimately it, it's fairly simple, but these little tiny details, sometimes they can sneak up and bite you. And, uh, and yeah, it's amazing. If I had, if, if I own, and I used to own a shy, but I, I've found another fund that's shorter term in nature that's not quite as volatile as that one is. That one's actually run almost exclusively by a computer. And the ones that I'm using actually have humans involved. It's mostly computer, but humans are involved. And it it ha- 
tends to be a little smoother because they're looking at the SHY. It's down, it's down almost 4% over the past two years, which is not unusual when interest rates are going up the way they've been. Um, but you really wouldn't expect that. And the fund that I'm using over that same time period is at the same price it was. So again, you know, this if you didn't follow financial markets really closely, I mean really closely, you just wouldn't know that. You know, and you'd end up um they could end up losing money unnecessarily. It it's hard enough not to lose money when you know what you're doing. <laughs> and when you when something sneaks up on you that you didn't know, I th- I think it was uh Samuel Clement said it's it's not what people don't know that that gets them in the end. It's what they think they know that ain't so. So that's another thing that you have to be aware of. You know, I would go in if I were an, a new advisor, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know that the you could actually the price could actually move away from the underlying value. <laughs> in a bond fund, I would have no idea. And you know how I'd learn the hard way. You know how I learned the hard way. I I saw it happen, and uh, fortunately, it only had to happen once. And I went to see why. I was like, oh, okay. You got to be really careful about how you buy your your bond funds. And by the way, the SHY is a huge fund, and it's run by the largest asset manager on the planet. So, But it's all run by computer. And I'm telling you, there is some benefit to hooking up a, a, or uh, putting some human thought behind the algorithms that the humans are running and let them, let, letting them work together. Anyway, i got to take another quick phone call. If you'd like to call us, it's 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945. And i got John from Lakewood. Just want to kindle the fire, good old man. Hey. <laughs> this is Jan. How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, I watched the Kabuki dance, Senate confirmation of the Federal Reserve Chairman. One more drama. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know what to say anymore, because when are we going to understand even the people with the holding the power, including people who are saying goodbye, like your Senator Shelby, you know, when, what, what? What they don't understand is uncertainty is the worst enemy of capitalism, right? Right. So why add their own incremental delta X? They want to quantify everything, you know? Right. Yeah. It's uh, keep up the good work. I just listened to you. Oh. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Well, thank you. Have a good and, weekend. Uh, and they're all playing games. And yep. in the meantime, European banks, World Bank lady says, don't play around with the cryptocurrency when you don't understand what is going on, right? Right. Yep. Yeah, well... So, Everybody's betting nanosecond. Now we need a nanosecond betting. How is that? Wow. Yeah. No, I'll stay. I'll stick with the longer term stuff myself. That's right. Yeah. I, you know. You know me. I know you. <laughs> yeah. yep. but, but it's sad that we don't even teach these things in high school or college or anything. And then they, when I look at the, the committee hearings, just like they thought the internet was nothing more than a bunch of pipelines, right? Right. Yeah. 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 And, <laughs> and healthcare is paid for by basic research, and we are paying twice. In the economy for the last 40 years, right? Right, yep. Basic yep. research paid for yes. by us, NIH paid for foreign collaboration, yes. Then yep. revolving door, then we don't know where we are going. I just want to know how I can get some of that work. <laughs> hey, after all, I'm yet yeah. to figure out the biggest thing is revolving door and to some degree. I think the door is opening and closing. It's yeah. not shut in your thinking. That's what it matters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keep up the good work, man. Thanks, John. Have a good weekend. Same to you. Bye-bye. 
You can call here if you'd like to. You can talk about whatever you'd like to. I, I really don't care. <laughs> it's 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945. And, you know, I know a lot of people are extremely upset over the price, uh, the, the activity in, in financial markets, and a lot of the funds are down fairly significantly over the past couple months, right around the 19 20% area. 20% is considered a bear market. But let me give you a little statistic that I got when I first got into this industry back in the 1980s. Okay, yeah, really dating myself. The average stock on the New York Stock Exchange way back then had an annual range of 50% a year. 50%. Now, Warren Buffett and Peter Lynch, I know most of you people out there today don't know who Peter Lynch is. Well, he was, he's got the, the track record for the best mutual fund manager that's ever lived, and his returns were better than Warren Buffett's while he was managing the Magellan Fund for Fidelity. And his funds were up and down a lot, and only half the people that managed to invest in his fund while he was managing it end up making any money. Literally 50% of them sold with a loss and, and locked that loss in because they sold. Half. That blows my mind. You're lucky enough to find the best portfolio manager that's ever lived, and you bail out on him when it gets rough. <laughs> and uh, you know what I have to say? That's what you get. <laughs> Do your homework or, or get with somebody who's done their homework. And uh, that's basically what I spend an awful lot of time doing these days is talking to people, reviewing. That's very important. Yeah, it's great that we all know this stuff. It's even better if you review it and you review the last time that it happened and you go back to the last time before that when it happened again over those time periods. And what is different about this time period and those time periods? Well, I'll tell you what's different. They recover faster. That's different. We move at much higher speeds today than we moved in the 90s, even in the early 2000, even in 2010. I mean, think about how much faster your computers are, your phones are, how much smoother your video is. 5G wasn't around in 2010. Didn't exist. Well, actually, they were working on it. But the um, we didn't have that stuff. So uh, I'm telling you, it's spilling over into financial markets. Markets will recover quicker than they have in the past, and they'll probably drop further than they have in the past, faster than they have in the past. The volatility levels have just been increasing, which is mind-boggling. Because when I first read, you know, Warren Buffett said, if you can't stand to see the value of your stocks drop by 50% or more, don't buy stocks. I was like, what? I, I thought he was kidding. <laughs> I went to my manager, and this is the 1980s, by the way. I go to my manager and said, hey, is this true? And he goes, oh, no, no, no. Well, he was just afraid I wouldn't be able to sell anything <laughs> if I knew it was going to drop at some point in time over 50%. But that's the way it goes. And you got to, you got to, Find a way to manage that. You're not going to avoid it. You will not avoid that. And I'm not going to argue with you about it. I'm just going to tell you, you're not going to avoid it. So you got to figure out a way of working with it. One of the easiest ways is to figure out how much you're willing to be down by. Let's say you're willing to be down by 15%. Okay. Double 15%, that's 30%. Because you're pretty conservative. You should not have more than 30% of your money in stock-related assets, okay, mutual funds or ETFs or individual stocks. Because if you do have more than 30% and they drop 50% or more, you're going to be down 15% or so. 
but the other 70% of your money hopefully is in something safe. Okay. And that's how you do that. So none of this, you know, the mumbo jumbo you hear from these, you know, especially the younger financial advisors. I think it's hilarious. They, uh, they have these scripts that they memorize and they've got all these questions and, uh, you put all this stuff in. It's going to come up with a number. The client's not going to know how they came up with that number and they didn't understand three quarters of the questions that they were asked. Don't know the significance of the answers. And then they're, oh, this is a great plan. Really? <laughs> Well, I guess it's it, it, based on what your definition of a great plan is. If if a great plan is something your client doesn't really understand but just sounds good, <laughs> I guess it's a great plan. Yeah, I think mine's a lot easier. Cut your stuff in half. How do you feel? <laughs> and if you can't take that, then you got to back off. You know, if you've got fifty percent of your money in stocks and fifty percent of your money in something relatively safe, okay, and the market drops. By 50%, guess what? You're only down 25. Not only are you only down 25, which is half, and by the way, that's not going to happen very frequently, hopefully, in the future. Uh, that hasn't happened very frequently, even in my lifetime. Okay, 50% drops are pretty severe and fairly rare. Okay, but if you have one, and I know my luck, you know, it, I'm going to re- when I retire, it's going to be at the beginning of one of those three year bear markets that goes down 50%. That's, that, that's my luck. So that, that's one of the reasons I'm never retiring because, you know, <laughs> I don't want to see that. Just kidding. But the, uh, but if that was my feeling, then, and I put 50% of my money into short term treasuries or short term bond funds that were relatively stable. Okay. The other 50% I can put in diversified stock portfolios. And uh, you know what? If the market does drop like that, I'm going to rebalance my portfolio at some point in time. I'm going to take some of the money out of that safer money, and I'm going to add to the stocks when they're down. That's so much easier said than done. Most people are scared to death when the market's dropping more than 20%. A lot of people are scared to death right now. I can tell you my phone rings quite often. And this is one of our, one of our jobs as a financial advisor is to go back and remind people, yeah, this is not the first time this happened. Probably going to happen again in your lifetime if you're not 80. You know, if you're 80, then yeah, maybe, maybe not. But yeah, but if you're under the age of 65, there's a really good chance that you're going to see this again before you die. So rather than trying to avoid something that's unavoidable, why don't you just prepare for it? I can't believe my show is over already. <laughs> it seems like that just flew. Hey, this is Bill Bullington here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Go to my website, BullingtonCapital.com, if you want to reach out to me. Have a good weekend, everybody. Good luck and get invested. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report. Broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.